everyone. Before we start the show, we just wanted to let you know that there's a couple ways that you could get in touch with us. We would absolutely love to hear from you. So you can reach us via email at thursdayhouse1 at gmail.com or our very own website at thursdayhouse.com. There you can see our latest episodes, when they drop, and links to things we've talked about or um, lists. Who knows? We're also on social media. You can find us on Instagram, MeWe, and Gab at Thursday House Podcast or on Parlor at Thursday House. Now on to the chaos. everyone i know i mean i well i'm everyone so oh, well, i meant them oh oh no. oh okay well hello hello to you too i wasn't all of a sudden taking on multiple personalities i was just wondering this so. is edna this is Debbie. <laughs> i think you guys know each other <laughs> oh my gosh that's becoming a really funny thing that's always in the news are like these there's like a whole tiktok um thing about people Talk, going through their different personalities. You haven't heard about this. So yet. I always thought the personalities didn't know each other. Um, no, no. Apparently they do. Like for real, or people are just. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but on to I've seen a couple of these TikTok videos that people just put on Twitter, and like some of the personalities like each other, some of the personalities don't like each other. Like it's a whole thing. Okay. Some of the personalities protect the other personalities. Uh-huh. Um, you know. Yeah. So there's that. Okay. Anyway. I don't really know a lot about And then there's the some of them are like different genders. Oh yeah. No, I'm not I I think I watched one documentary one time like about multiple personalities. I um my husband um always said that he wanted to go through medical school and get an MD no P meaning no perineum which is like what the medical term is for your your privates. Oh. Whether or not you're the girl or the boy, it's the perineum is the the, yes. the private area. Actually, it might just be for girls. Anyway, the point being, I don't use that term very often anymore. I, 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 I do a different area of medicine. So, hmm. But he just wanted nothing to do with OB-GYN, basically. So he's he would say, I will agree to get like a substandard medical degree that just so that people know that I have nothing to do with that area. He just didn't want <laughs> anything to do with not the perineum. Correct. The bridge between. Mm-hmm. Yes. I wanted the same thing. No P, but my P was psych. Like, I hated psych. Hated it. Hated it. Hated it. Hmm. Yeah. Wait, I can drink mine? Oh, 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 oh. I'm sorry. Okay. I've been looking right. at this mug for like. Okay. So, um, all right. We're going to get started now. We've like done two minutes of absolute nothing. <laughs> it's like Seinfeld. Um, but okay. We are, we have ended finally our summer series on devoted great men and their godly moms, which was wonderful. And Amazing. please go back and listen to it because I thought, you know, we did a lot of, I thought, I thought it was really interesting, you know? I did, too. If anybody would like a copy, they can have mine. You just have to, you know, write to us. There you go. I'll send, so, it. send it for free. Um, but, uh, but we got into that because we were doing the whole headship thing. 
where we were discussing how moms can train their sons for their role in headship when moms don't have that role. And then, and then, so we finished the summer series. Now we're back into fall and we always do our fall foods, which we had started a couple weeks ago, but Mm -hmm. we're going to continue today. And I'll, I'll tell you what, what I've brought in a second. Um, normally we do this at the end, but I figured we'd have something to sip on while we were, while we were discussing. Okay. I'm going to get it. Um, I meant if we did it. Oh, yes. I wasn't hurrying you. But what was interesting is right as we ended our summer series on, you know, great men and their godly moms and really talking about how to raise young men, Tucker Carlson and his originals came out with a documentary on the end of men. And I got to tell you. I have never watched Fox Nation. I didn't have a subscription. I had to go on and get a subscription, but I wanted to see this so much. It got so much buzz and it was so, um, the trailer was so intriguing. The trailer was, because you told me about it and I'm like, oh, that sounds interesting. And then I saw the trailer and I was like, whoa, I have to see this. And it was almost a cinematic experience in of itself. It was. And so, and I thought since we had just discussed how to, you know, how Christian moms should raise godly men, that this would be a really funny sort of comic ending to it all. I agree. Um, To see, you know, what we thought about this documentary. So first, so we're going to discuss that first, right? Um, I'm going to drink this first. I know. So I I just wanted to tell you, so my new fall thing, I got the Starbucks. I don't really like Starbucks coffee that much, but um, the Starbucks has a fall... A fall coffee that's mm. just fall flavors. It's not necessarily their pumpkin one. It's just okay. fall flavors. So, what do you think? I think it tastes good. I don't taste any fall. I taste no fall. It, tastes, it just tastes like a cup of coffee. It does. It's and it kind of has that burnt Starbucks quality to it. Yeah. Because um, I'm not, you know. But I taste no fall no, in I it. No, I got nothing. I mean, it's, it's okay. good. I'm happy to have a nice hot cup of coffee. But, yeah, I wanted to see what you thought because I was like, I taste nothing. Nope. Not even a, like, a, 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 nut, a nutmeg or a, a, ten, a, a hint of cinnamon. <laughs> I know. Not, zero things. So if you go to the store and you're really looking for a fall coffee experience and you see it's really pretty brown box with, mm-hmm. like, fall leaves on it. It's very, it's very um, you know, it beckons. Maybe they just forgot. <laughs> I don't know. And it's a Keurig. So, you know, I mean, right now my whole house is under construction. I normally am a French press kind of girl, but um, we've been doing the Keurig because I can't boil water in anything. It's hard to boil water without a stove. It is. So, um, yeah, I think, um, I, I, I mean, it's fine. It tastes like yeah, coffee. French roast coffee. I or, think I think they forgot. Mm-hmm. At Star- hashtag Starbucks. Where's my flavor? I know. There you go. Okay. So. Oh, maybe it's a mystery flavor. <laughs> it is not. It no. says on the box. Yeah, I saw it. Anyway. All right. So we're going to, you're going to do one of these at the end, right? Yes. I have okay. something. All right. Good. That does have fall I kind of want to go. We usually have a cocktail when we do our thing. And I feel like, I feel like we should add a little bourbon to our coffee. Because oh we're gonna be talking, <laughs> gonna be talking about men, <laughs> the end of men. Don't you think we should a little? I, okay, so I have one time had alcohol in my coffee. Uh huh. It's just not for me. It's not for you. This is my coffee. Okay. And the liquor can be near it, on it, 
no, not on it. Around it, like adjacent to it. Adjacent to it, it, but not in it. I think I did like a Bailey's and yeah, it was like, and it's it's Bailey's sweet too. Yes. So it was like sugar alcohol coffee. Like that was bad news. See, but you don't put sugar in your coffee. I don't. A, pe- a lot of people put cream Ooh. in their coffee and sugar. So then oh. you're just adding a little bit of alcohol to it. I mean, I have no problem with Bailey's and coffee. I have a problem keeping Bailey's in my house. <laughs> because like once I open it, I know it has to go in the refrigerator. Oh. I've had, because it's, I think, because it's open. I, I mean, even though there's dairy. coffee in it, there's dairy, I would assume. So... Um, then I will literally be working around a bottle of Bailey's in my refrigerator for three years and finally just throw it away. Yeah. Because again, I drink black coffee. And again, I drink coffee in the morning when you shouldn't probably be drinking no. alcohol. And you probably really shouldn't be drinking coffee at dessert time either. Um, yeah. Somebody came over the other night and asked if we had any decaf coffee in this house. And I was like, go. I mean, no. I get that. No. Why people, but they want a cup of coffee um, you know, after dinner, so they have decaf, but I, that's, that's not when I want a cup of coffee. No. And also, um, what I, you also don't have is tea. That's what I drink in the evening when I want something hot. I have actually, I meant to tell you this because by the Keurig upstairs is a box of green tea. Oh, you can have whenever you want, which again, I probably bought like a year ago when I, cause I go through these like health things where I'm like, oh, I'm going to start drinking tea more. When you start drinking tea, I get a little worried. <laughs> I know. And then I drink like one cup and then barely. And you're like, like, nope. I drink nope, like three regret. sips out of one cup. Regret. And I go, novel. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So the end of men. Yes. This was, uh, it was, the word I, I don't want to use is good. It was well put together. Good implies like it was happy. And at the end, everyone's like, yay. Um, I it was not yes. that. It was not a feel good flick. It was um, made me mad. Really? It it was mad. Be- I was mad because. Please do explain. Okay, so a lot of the problems that they explain, like, and we can start from the beginning, um, but it, talking about how Monsanto is evil and Big Pharma is evil. That stuff that. You, you've been on that train I've been on for that long. train since the late 90s, and nobody's done anything about it. Yeah. And the fact that, like, we're still talking about it, I'm pretty sure that it's just going to keep going on until forever. So, okay, so I think this is funny because, okay, first of all, n- n- I thought it was really enjoyable. It didn't make me angry at all. I thought it was great. I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I think some of it's crazy. I love at the very beginning and, and if you're listening to this with kids, I'm not going to say a cuss word, but it's an interest. At the very beginning, they have this doctor on and they go, so what do you think about um, people tanning their balls? And he goes, I'm sorry, what? Yes. And then they cut away. And it was so funny. I was like, okay, that's where we're starting with this whole thing. Correct. So um, so that, let me give a, a, a little overview summary, okay? So the the premise of this documentary, which is only about 30 minutes, yes, 30 to was, 40 minutes. It was shorter than most documentaries I've right. ever seen, which I enjoy. Um, yes, I did too. It's brief. Um, except when it was over, I still wanted it to go on. But the, the okay, the premise of this documentary is that men, um, because of a number of factors, um, lack of physical, like physically challenging work, um, chemicals, plastics in our food, in our 
Um, Drinking water in the air, yeah, in the soil. in the environment. Um, and uh, let me, I'm trying to, so, so um, lack of physical education, our diets, mm-hmm. um, and then also our diets, not just including the chemicals and the plastics, but also just the stuff that we eat. And then um, I'm going to even say a little bit of society, culture, toxic masculinity, blah, 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 blah. Because of those things, testosterone levels are dropping at an alarming pace. Alarming. And what they, basically what they were saying was um, weak, strong societies require strong men and that there seems to be this cycle that you'll have a a hard times like war, you know, World War II, the greatest generation war, making men stronger, making men have to go through adversity. And it's not just lifting weights. It's like going through adversity, doing something that challenges you, doing something that is hard, overcoming that adversity. So strong time or um, hard times make for strong men. And then strong men make for good times. And then good times make for weak men. Mm-hmm. And then weak men make for hard times. Yeah. And then it continues so that then hard times make for strong men. And then strong men make for good times. And good times make for weak men. And weak men make for hard times. And it just continues to go on. So they are implying that right now we seem to be in a good um, strong men have made for good times and now good times have made for weak men. And so, around. right. And so the weak men are now making for hard times. And so they're saying in the midst of these hard times that we are going through right now, you see this, this group of men, these strong men that are rising up to, to, to kind of, con- uh, to take back the society again, I guess is the best way to so. say it. So they interviewed a bunch of men um, that are doing these different things. I thought it was really interesting. These guys, like, they all talk to each other um, on Twitter. They all share things. You know, they they call themselves bro scientists. And none of them are really scientists. But they, per se, but they do read a lot of medical literature that's out there. Mostly nutritional literature that's in the nutrition kind of realm of medical literature. And um, they then they they say they experiment oh, yeah, on themselves. Bodies. Right. So they they also get together, it looks like a lot in different like retreats, retreats and stuff like that to like do some of this stuff together. Right. Because they have a shared interest of trying to get to like peak vitality. So it kind of starts with, and I thought this was interesting. So we'll talk I want to talk about each one of the little little things okay Okay. so it starts off with um a look back at jfk um uh and and he had an initiative he 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 actually has a video where he's out saying that like one of the most um concerning things for a society is to have soft chubby you know fat kids like that we as a society we should really be trying to increase the strength and the fitness of our children because a strong society has strong children. And really 
the, the, the whole point of this documentary, and they say, they say women too, but it's really focused on men because yeah. they're talking about testosterone. They're talking about, you know, also they're talking about, quite frankly, they're talking about a deterrent to war, you know, by having strong men in a society that it deters other nations from, you know, trying to take over your society. Right. Or, you Who know. are you going to bully? Are you going to bully the kid that's bigger and stronger than you or the right. lady- that pasty kid. Right. So it made me think about the fact that um, when I was in, um, so basically they described this program, this high school where these boys did a lot of physical fitness. And they described that not only did the physical fitness improve their bodies, but it really improved their minds because it, they had to achieve something that this whole this whole physical education system that this high school in California did, you could not you could not go to the next level unless you earned it, unless you achieved it. There were standards, there were benchmarks, and you couldn't you couldn't go to the next level until you met those benchmarks. And so it was a total meritocracy. You couldn't get there by doing anything other than meeting the benchmark. And so it made men stronger because they had to, they had to work towards something. It made their mind stronger because they had to block out the pain. They had to block out whatever and really achieve something. But it also, you know, all of those things then made those men more ready for the, the business world, the, you know, all of these different things because they learned how to face adversity and they were physically strong and healthy, right? Right. And it made me think about when I was in elementary school and we did the president I remember. physical f- fitness testing. Yes. And I, if um, there was a woman on Twitter who was like, I told my kids about this today and they thought I was totally scamming them. They didn't think this was true because not only do kids today not do these, these tests in PE, they don't even have PE that much. That was surprising to me in the documentary. They were saying how how uh, widespread cutting PE was. Uh-huh. That's not something we've experienced in our house. And they do have, they don't have the presidential fitness award thing, um, but they do have push-up contests, um, how far people and how fast they can, they, they have stuff in my kids' schools. Cause my, cause Jack was the like the fastest kid in his elementary school for some reason. Maybe but now that he's in high junior school. high and high school, do they have that? Uh, middle school, they still do. They do pull up contests. I think uh-huh. they do push up contests. Okay, but they don't do the whole big big thing like the president. And then in high school, they don't do anything, um, do they? Yeah, no. Do they still require PE in high school? Yeah. Like I had to do PE. Yeah. Okay. So they're still PE. I think. Well, in Jack's. Um, center. He takes it in Spanish. Uh huh. PE in Spanish. I think so. All right. Well, I mean, he's in an immersion that, school. Yeah. Either that. It's either that or health. One of them. But but, yes, but they have it. I just and I wonder how um, how difficult it is. How Probably demanding not. it is. Probably not. What the veracity of that is? Yeah. Because I mean, I remember ours was hard. You. I mean. It wasn't really that hard, um, but certain things like what, the running thing, I remember you had to be able to run a mile in 12 minutes. I mean, back then I could run a mile in seven minutes, um, but yeah, Our, but then you had to be able to do like that sit and reach thing. Reach, uh-huh. I couldn't, I could never do it's that. probably the only thing I could do. And I, and I had trouble. I could do the flex arm hang, but I couldn't do pull-ups. 
to save my life. And I weighed nothing. Yeah, I don't know that a lot of kids can. They just don't have that that upper body strength. Right, but I used to be able to do monkey bars forever. Yeah. I think that's just, I think it's just different. Isn't it just a different muscle? Maybe. So, I mean, so I definitely think that this is something that schools should definitely be um, putting back into their curriculum. As a, yeah, as a parent, absolutely. As a kid, I'm like, I'm so jealous. Because <laughs> I never, because we ran the mile. If you, me, um, walked slow enough, you just ran out of class before you finished. So then you could just walk off. I see. That was me. Well, ours, I mean, I don't even, how slow do you have to walk to run, to walk a mile in 12 minutes? I mean, you got to really be going slow. I think I never got above 14 minutes. Not never got above, never went longer than 14 minutes. Correct. 14 minutes was always about my average. Yeah. And I, I mean, slow. I mean, but that's what I mean. Like you should be able to walk a mile in 12 minutes. You should. And so what I'm saying is like, if you can't even walk a mile in 12 minutes, I mean, that's like, you could even, you could just run the circles and, and speed up enough to get under 12 minutes. You could. Anyway. Anyway. I, I just don't think it was that difficult. No. Like, the stuff they were showing in this documentary that those get, get kids had to do. One of, to be in, like, the blue team on this one high school. Oops. Um, recording stuff. I thought initially when they first started showing it, I thought they were going to eventually say it was, like, a Navy recruitment program. Yeah. Just because of how yes. much they were doing. No, it was just high school. But to be in the blue team, which I guess was the most advanced one, you had to be able to pick up Someone who weighed within 10 pounds of you, you and, and carried five, them five miles without any of their body parts touching. Right. Them. I mean, that's amazing. Like, so I, I was just, I was impressed. Yeah. I wish we, I wish we had more of that in our schools. And w- for all the people who are like, you know, um, we need to be teaching diversity. We need to be teaching this. We need to be teaching that. You know, if you went back and just taught reading, math and physical education, these kids would be so much better off. Yeah, and there is diversity. The kids in the wheelchairs don't have to, like, pick up the kid or do the (laughs) pull-ups. Like, that's fine. Like, we can make arrangements for people who can't do, like, actually can't do Actually can't do things. Not because they don't want to. Right, okay. Oh, wow. I mean, I think this is funny. Like, even I haven't gotten all snarky like that, and you're the one who, like, hated P.E. I loved P.E. P.E. was my favorite class. I still don't like it. Oh, I, I'm, still, I'm still angry about it. Like, why did we have to jump rope as teenage I love jumping girls? Rope. I love it. It was not appropriate. It's super good, us. actually. It's great for core. It is, but which is, you know, all the things, you know, that we have that boys don't have. It yeah. It's fair you, to make us jump rope in front of them because they're just going to look. But nail those puppies down, man. Put on some. No one told me that. Oh, mm-hmm. good night. Okay. Um, I didn't really have. Much in the way of that. I mean, I weighed like nothing, but, um, but I still knew what a sports bra was. Come on. You can do it. Okay. Maybe that's a mom about that. Yeah. There you go. Um, okay. So then, all right. So let's get into the next, the next part. And hold on. There was a a thing and maybe you can expand on that because I thought that was interesting. The quote by C.S. Lewis, the men without chests, he prophesied that like, Eventually, we would live in a society with men with no chests. Yeah. Well, yeah. And now we just have man boobs. Uh-huh. Right. And I I mean, they went through a lot of that with um, the decreasing testosterone, you know, and and 
when you get these decreased testosterone levels, you start to have feminization of men, right? And then you see a lot of this gynecomastia. Plus, you've got just fat everywhere. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, well, the next thing that they started going through was the sperm counts, which I thought was really interesting um, because I used to have to, as part of my pathology residency, I had to do sperm analysis at the VA. So I had to like look at sperm samples under the microscope and say how many of them, I don't remember all the criteria anymore, but like how fast they were, how many of them had two heads, like how many of them were deformed how, how many of them didn't move, um, move straight, but moved like, like kind of, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and I had to count them in certain fields so that we could, and it was amazing to me how many were dysfunctional, you know? And so they talked about that. It's not just that the sperm counts have gone down. It's that, um, sperm motility has gone down or dysfunctional, um, sperm, like uh, malformed sperm and stuff like this. They also started talking about, um, you know, micro testicles or hypospadias where you have like the urethra coming out. And they were saying that some of these things, they're starting to see the effects of, um, of in, in utero, these like things happening in utero. And, um, I mean, it was quite like, I don't know that I buy all of it, but um, because I mean, they were t- the how they, the, the decrease in in sperm count numbers that they were quoting. I mean, we would be. I, I think you would hear a lot more about it. It maybe isn't as big of a number as they were. Right, exactly. Um, but I definitely I mean, you hear these anecdotes all the time, like. There were three guys from Vox. Do you remember this? Like two years ago, there were three guys from Vox who like decided to test their own testosterone yes. levels. And they were like a grandma. And they, yeah, their, their testosterone levels. And they thought they, they were kind of doing it as a funny, like, uh, you know, they were 20 year old men. They were like, our testosterone levels are going to be fine. And then they were like lower than what an average, like 80 year old man's testosterone level was. And they were all like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And I mean, so. It was kind of interesting. So then they get into, okay, well, what can you do to... Um, and they get, also were saying that um, erectile dysfunction is on the rise. Well. Yeah, I think that plays into that. Yeah. And so, um, I mean, I got to tell you, I was at the, the gym yesterday, and there was a dude, like probably a 70-year-old dude, and he was in a golf shirt and like shorts, like khaki shorts, and he was sitting... Oops. Sitting on a like one of those riding bicycles where you sit down and you and you um, pedal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're sitting. You're not like no. you're not on a seat. You're like sitting like you're, you're like in a in a recliner, but you're moving your feet. Uh-huh. And he was reading a book, <laughs> and he was like barely moving. And I'm sitting there, and he has no lean muscle mass at all. But he was there for like sitting there doing this for like 30 minutes, and I'm like. You did nothing. Or you didn't even, like, get your heart rate up. No. Like, what? I'm like, what are you... I'm sure he went home and thought, Ooh, oh, I worked out. And I'm like, you didn't even... You weren't sweating. You weren't even in athletic clothes. Your your heart rate wasn't up. You were able to read a book. You're just wasting your own time. You're wasting your to time. To get in the car to come here. I know. I was like, if, if you had just gotten up 
and lifted weights for five minutes, you would have gotten way more out of your workout than sitting there fake riding that sort of bicycle thing. for Lay down bike. Yeah. I mean, so, and I think that's one of the things that they talked about in this, in this um, documentary was just do one hard thing a day, you know, lift something heavy once a day, you'll be better off than, you know, if you, I thought the guy who worked on a farm, so like he works on a farm. So it's not like he's at a computer all day long, but had depression and all this other stuff. And then he started like doing the changing his diet, doing exercise work. He's not running. It's not cardio. He's like just lifting weights and stuff like that. And he said that his his depression had gone away. And I remember that guy, you know, all of this other stuff, like lifting hay bales and just doing normal farm things. Yeah. And I mean, it was like I said, he he was a farmer before this, so right. it wasn't like he was sitting around all day not doing things. Mm-mm. But all of a sudden, like making a point out of you know not eating processed food, not eating seed oils, eating real food, li- lifting heavy things every day on purpose, what you know was giving him, like had reduced his depression. I thought that was amazing. Yeah, seriously. And I like that he had gotten his son involved in it, too. Yes, that was cool. And he said he liked the way his wife looked at him now. Uh-huh. I thought that was cute. So then they go to, they 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 go from this to um, Mike Cernovich, who's talking about, who's kind of a well-known personality, and he's talking about um, aging and how we're all programmed to just accept aging. Yes. How we're all programmed to, you know, Men are just told, you know, your testosterone goes down a little bit every year. You're getting older. Your body is breaking down. And we all accept this. We're just like, oh, that's the way it is. Right. Instead of changing the paradigm to, um, well, if my body breaks down, I'm going to repair it. Right. Like if your car broke down, you wouldn't go, well, it's 10 years old. Oh, well, you would repair it. Yeah. (laughs) You'd change the belts and, you know, put new brake pads on and stuff like that. And so he was like, you know, we need to get into a mindset where we are thinking about how do we fix our bodies, not, oh, well, you know, they're just going to break down more and more and more. And so that's where they started getting into all the really crazy stuff. Okay, so this is where I want you to, like, sound off. I'm just going to, I'm going to just say some of these things and you tell me what you think. Okay. okay? Seed oils. I mean, again, it's so, it's. It's finally become mainstream stream enough, but still, I don't think enough people are doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like being a hipster. It's like I liked that band before they were cool. Okay, it's like, yeah. I'm, yeah I'm, but how do you get people? See, this is where I, you know, because I'm all into this regenerative agriculture right now. Mm-hmm. But the people who are into regenerative ar- agriculture are people I don't agree with politically on anything. And they want to just make, they want to push pressure everybody into this just by mandating it. Um, So I'm not into that. Like, I'm like, if, if your idea is better and the, 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 the thought about regenerative agriculture is if you do it, you reduce the need for fertilizers, you reduce the need for insecticides, which makes it cheaper to farm. You increase your yields. Mm-hmm. And so that increases your profits, yeah. you know? So if you're telling me you're going to decrease my costs and increase my profits, then you shouldn't have to mandate that. The government shouldn't have to mandate that. As a farmer, I should be like, 
Well, that's exactly what I want to do because that saves me money and earns me more money, right? right? So it shouldn't need to be mandated or, you know, these no. things shouldn't have it's to be banned. a really good idea. So how do we convince people um, without, quote unquote, mandating it? Because the people we're having to align with right now are people that I don't normally align with on many things. See, I find that the people, and I guess we just have different avenues for how we arrive at the information. Uh All the people that I follow that do have the same mentality. Now, I don't research your regenerative farming like you do, but people who are into just farming in general and, and eating better and, you know, make in their words, being a producer more than a consumer, uh-huh. which is something that is very attractive to me, they already line up with the same sort of values that I have. So I don't... And they're probably not the ones promoting mandating no. it and government over... No, they hear the word mandate and they're out. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what I think we need to... We need to figure out a way to sell this better without it just being... Forcibly put on people. Right. Eat the bugs kind of thing. Yeah. Right? Okay. So. Um, that could be, be a whole podcast all of itself. I know. It really could. Um, all right. Ready? Yeah. Raw milk. Uh, in Virginia, it's illegal. But you can get, be part of our herd share. So uh-huh. actually you're like, you know, paying for the month the cost of cow. And you kind of share it with other people. And you get a certain allotment every month. Uh-huh. And I've just never pulled the trigger. It's like 60 bucks a month for one that's close to my house. So I... I want to do raw milk, make raw butter. So I looked it up. And there are places that will... They'll bring your stuff to like... So... Like a drop. Yeah. Where Kroger mm-hmm. is, there's that olive oil company. The olive oil tap room. Uh-huh. And that's one of the drop-offs. So you can order from this one farm, mm-hmm. and they will drop it off. And it's butter, it's yes. eggs, it's yes. raw milk, raw A2 milk, and all this other stuff. It, the cost for me was like, uh, but was like fixed. I'm getting closer and closer to, to that. Yeah. So I want that. I mean, if you could, $60 a month is like one meal out. If you could like cut one fast Correct. food meal out, you could pay for it. Yes. It, Plus, yeah. then you wouldn't be buying other stuff. You know, butter's expensive. Milk's expensive. expensive. Um, we only have two milk drinkers in our house. And I think maybe if I didn't drink all the milk, I'd bring it to you. Because y'all drink no. milk. We drink milk. But we drink whole milk now. Yeah. yeah. We used to drink skim milk. And I cut that out because that's just sugar water. Yeah. Um, and I could always turn my milk into yogurt. Right? Yeah, I think. You just need cultures. Oh, my gosh. You've got... We have to start doing this more because I want to really, like, do this. Okay. Um, okay. So one guy was talking about how he went gluten-free to um, – and that what he had noticed was that his skin cleared up. His skin cleared up. And let me tell you something that I didn't hear on this documentary that's making me think of that. Nobody in there said anything about sugar. There was never one mention no. about cutting sugar, which irritated me because, to me, that's just as toxic as this stupid seed oils. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Uh, red light therapy. Um, I've been looking into it for like the last six months. There's a new place by, you know, the, the Starbucks and that shopping center near your house. Uh-huh. They're going to have red light therapy. Now, the fact that they called it tanning your testicles, that's not <laughs> accurate at all. And that sort of made me mad because that was like their, their like hook. Like, look at this crazy thing we're doing. You have yeah. to check out this documentary. Look, he's, you know, tanning his testicles. Uh-huh. Uh, but it's not tanning. 
It's not tanning at all. It's like some sort of like cell regeneration. And then what's that thing that, okay, the comedian who has long red hair. J.P. Sears. Yeah. What does he do? Does he do red light therapy? I think it's in his bedroom. But he does like the anti-blue light stuff too. Yes. But he also, I think he has one of those red light therapy Mm -hmm. things in his bedroom. And that he does red light therapy. I have thought about red light therapy because I have, um, I have really bad back knee infl- inflammation from all the years and years and years of running. Mm-hmm. And right now I have a, a rotator cuff tear and stuff like that. And so I've thought of, I looked for it on, on Amazon. It's expensive to buy one. That to buy like, one for your home. Yeah. It's like yes. 500 bucks. It is. Yes. So, all but, right. But they have a place here and this is, it was like the place where I did the, the cryogenic chamber. Uh-huh. It's like one of those kind of places. Where you sort of pay, you can either pay per appointment or you can, you can buy, buy a like package. A hand, yeah, like a package, like your tanning bed. <laughs> I wonder how keep ex- expensive that is. Um, I think it's probably one of those things where if you buy enough of them, you get a discount. That's wild. But I okay. want, it's something that I've always wanted to do. I, know. I mean, I'll try anything. Else. I will too. I want to try that. The cryogenic thing was really cool. It was, I mean, not no pun intended. It was um, a neat experience. It was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, they also talked about better livestock. Uh, yeah, I mean, do you really want to eat something that, if you are going out of your way to not eat seed oils and soy and just crap, that uh-huh. isn't really food, why would you want to eat an animal that ate that? So there was a news report, and I can't remember where I saw it in the last month, where they were showing these big um, pork uh, farms and stuff like that, where they had these big pigs and they were trying, to, and they were just eat, feeding them garbage. Literally garbage. Like garbage. Because pigs will eat anything. anything. People. And so they, people. They were like feeding them like plastic garbage and stuff like that. Okay. And I was like, oh, that's lovely. Um, okay, Roundup. Because Roundup is my... I, it is... It is... It, uh, I, I hate it. And also, I hate weeds. <laughs> I hate them. I hate them in my yard. I hate that. Now, I won't use Roundup anywhere near my garden. Right. Anywhere. I know my husband feels the same way. He's got his little squirter, and he goes around on the sidewalk. I hate And I'm them. like, you're going to die. You're going to die. <laughs> and So I tried to do the I tried to do the thing where I got a sprayer, and I tried to do the vinegar and Epsom salt and, um, and a little bit of, like, organic dishwash plant-based soap, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, and sprayed it all over everything and really... People were like, this is going to work. And it I was didn't. like, it didn't work at it all. It didn't work because I put Epsom salt and vinegar in, in my kids' bath when they're sick. Uh-huh. And so, no, like, it I, didn't I'm kill like anything. It, it did. I thought it made them a little weaker and easier to pull out of the ground. Yeah. I would that was like, about it. inconvenience them a little bit. Yes. But, um, yeah, I was really hoping that would work because I was like, I need something to get me away from this roundup. Yeah. See, I... I, I don't know if my hatred of Roundup is just something I've elevated in my mind. But uh, my friend who died of cancer a few years ago, she worked in an orchard. Oh. And I have to think that her skin cancer, and she spent a lot of time outside because she worked okay. in an orchard. But I have to think on some level there was some kind of pesticide that they used yeah. that she was exposed to on a daily basis. I, you know, I usually use the just regular Roundup, but this last time, because out at the farm... We, you know, near where our house is, we get a bunch and bunch of weeds. And I, again, I don't do it anywhere near any of the fields that we actually like farm. It's just literally around my house because the weeds grow up through the doors and stuff like that. 
And I got the extended one that like keeps the weeds away for four months. So I wouldn't have to spray it all the time. I could smell it outside and the wind is blowing. I could smell it outside for hours. And I was just, all of a sudden I was like, I think I just poisoned myself. Like, I mean, it just was so awful that I was like, your lawn care people came today. The girls and I were doing uh like playing with dinosaurs outside and the lawn people came and said, I was like, girls get inside. Everybody, we're going to come spread the yard. Um, Because it's not, and that's what I'm saying, in my mind, it's just elevated. I'm Uh sure it's fine. I'm sure, like, no one's going to die. But I think I am a little oversensitive about Roundup. I don't, the problem is, again, like you said, it's a cultural thing. So it's like, if if everyone in my neighborhood just let their, their yards go to, you know, weed, and we all lived in like prairie times or whatever. It would be one thing. But if you're that one house that has like weeds and nobody else does. And everybody else has this like pristine grass yard. And everyone hates you. <laughs> um, we have that lady on our block. Uh-huh. She's got um, Abigail Spanberger signs all in her yard. And she drives a Subaru. Um, she's an older person. And her weeds are taller than I am. Yeah. Because she wants to save the pollinators. Um, and, you know, not mow her lawn. I think it's her, like, you know, I'm telling the man, I will not mow my lawn. I honestly, and I It's ridiculous. It's like can, a haunted house. You can totally tell people's political parties by how their yards <laughs> is unbelievable. Declarations I, aside. I don't know what it is about Democrats that are, and, and I and I apologize if any of you listeners, I, this is just something I've noticed because you can see, and and I maybe not. I, I maybe I don't mean like regular Democrats. I mean like the people who will put a million signs in their yard because that's the only way that you know what their actual political affiliation is. Is but they always have crap in their yard. I mean, it, it, it's unkempt, but then there's also stuff. Yeah, there's in the yard everywhere. You yeah. know, like, and I'm just like, I have a feeling though those people aren't really listening right now. <laughs> Probably We're not. not talking about you guys, obviously. No, because, I mean, I have friends who are Democrats, and they have beautiful yards, but they're not, you know, they're also not lining up, like, political signs no, in their yard correct. in November. So, um, anyway. Um, all right. Well, cool. I, is there anything, last things? So, oh, okay, my last thing that I did want to talk about was I thought the part about this documentary that was the most interesting to me was the aging part about, you know, not just letting yourself go and let, and doing something hardworking every day and really paying attention to your diet and, and, and paying attention to like what you're eating and stuff like that. Um, maybe cause I'm getting older and I just, I see so many people go, well, I'm, you know, I'm 50 now. Like, I, you know, I'm going to gain weight and yeah, blah, 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 blah. the cholesterol medicine. Right. Exactly. And so, yeah, I mean, like everyone I know is getting put on a statin and stuff like that. So I think the, um, the thing that I, um, that was really interesting and they did have one woman at the end, but she was a younger woman. Yeah. Tiger Lily. Uh-huh. The, the thing I, I kind of wonder is whether or not there should be kind of a similar movement for women. You know, I, I, I wrote down lady bro scientists. Yeah. <laughs> but it needs, I mean, the name clearly needs work. The, probably. But I mean, because for so long, women went on hormonal replacement therapy, which now guys are doing by taking like testosterone. But w- we stopped giving women hormone replacement therapy because they, it was associated with cancer. So is there some sort of natural way 
to, as you're moving into menopause, like increase your hormones so that you retain your like skin elasticity and these things that, you know, you have as a younger woman. So are bioavailable hormones, is that a different thing? Um, Because that's the only thing I've ever heard of that I know people who are more natural have as a path they went with. Right. And I've looked into that a little bit and I don't know a lot. So I'm just telling you what I've read. But the, the little bit that I've read on it, there is not a lot of like data, but the data shows that the risks of bioavailable hormones are similar to just regular hormones. So you still have this kind of, if you have unchecked estrogen, then, um, you know, that's not good. That's why people are like not supposed to eat so, so much soy and all this other stuff because it's just, and fat estrogen stores itself in fat. So it just leaches estrogen all the time. So you don't want to have like large amounts of unchecked estrogen. So I think that's what the bioavailable hormones is trying to get at. But, um, doesn't testosterone also protect your heart? I don't, I mean, to an extent, I mean, I think again, these are like the balance, um, because like when I, I was when as the medical director of a blood center, we had men who were taking who were going into those little clinics and they were getting a package like you were talking about before with the red light therapy where they would pay for 12 visits where they would get testosterone infusions Mm -hmm. and they weren't checking their testosterone levels. They were just like, I'm buying a package of 12. So they would just keep getting them over and over again. Right. And so some of these guys were having to come in and getting phlebotomy because their hematocrit levels were going so high that it was putting them at um, a predisposition for stroke. And so we'd have to actually like blood let them to get their hematocrits lower. So they wouldn't stroke. But when we tested them, their testosterone levels were off the charts, like so much higher than even like a normal 20-year-old's testosterone level, right? So I think if you're going to do some of these things, they need to be kind of done, you know, under the care of someone who, who's checking checking it. But because, also like a, a high-level personal responsibility. Like you can't just not check it. Like if you're... Well, this these places have doctors, right. quote-unquote doctors, and so that was part of the problem was yeah. that these guys didn't realize. No, they probably trusted that, you know, someone's looking out for Right. Me. Exactly. Exactly. So um, I don't know. I mean, I'm much more into let's try to figure out a way that we can naturally boost some of these things yeah. versus like taking them. Um, but, you know, men I know have asked me like what I think about testosterone replacement. You see all these like commercials for it now and everything. And I don't really know enough. I'd love to talk to a functional medicine doctor about what they think about bioavailable hormones and men taking testosterone and stuff like that. Um, I know that some of these people, um, like some of these bro scientists advocate for um, growth hormone and some of that stuff. But again, I don't know enough about it. There was something recently that I was, had the, the, because food, some foods have growth hormones Mm -hmm. in them. Maybe it was the goji berries. I was recently listening to about You're big berries. into goji berries now. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. come tomorrow. I'm really excited. There you go. All right. Okay. So I think we, I think we discussed that thoroughly. That was pretty good. I guess um, my takeaway would be uh, eat food, real food, only real food and, mm-hmm. and eat it and don't just let it, you know, don't just 
don't just think that people are looking out for you and they're not. You have to have a, a high level of personal responsibility. I agree. So in the guise... Do your own research. <laughs> in the guise of eating... Yes, I, I guess I, I officially have to say that because I'm a doctor... I'm not a nutritionist, and I know no more about this than anybody else out there listening. So please do not think that you're getting the advice of a doctor. I'm a blood doctor. (laughs) (laughs) And don't eat blood. (sighs) Um, So in that realm of eat real food, one of the things that these bro scientists (laughs) advocated. (laughs) I know what you're going to say. Is eating raw eggs. There, I loved the raw egg nationalist. The fact that he gave himself that moniker was uh-huh. my favorite. I loved all of their monikers. Yes. I thought their monikers were hysterical. So anyway, we decided for your listening pleasure, neither one of us have ever eaten a raw egg. Nope. I have chickens, so I have fresh, um, no hormones, free range. Free range, local, organic. Local, organic, cage-free. I mean, they live in a run, but they get out, like, t- they just... They're t- pastured. They just today got out and ate a bunch of clover, you ran all over my yard. Like, live on a pasture to be pastured. Correct. So, um, so they're good eggs, and we are going to crack one open and slunk it, yeah, as they say. Seriously, just... Well, yes. So, I'm going to... I'm going to, we're going to take a short break while I prepare <laughs> the raw eggs and then, then we're going to do that. Okay. I can't believe we're going to do that. All right. Okay. You look very um, trepidatious. I am so, I am. I'm see so, the, okay. So the thing about doing gross stuff, like the first time I took cod liver oil, I wasn't super excited about it. It tastes like fish oil. It literally is so gross. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like when you're somewhere you're not supposed to be. Okay. You just look the part. You just look at this egg and you're like, this is going to be delicious. And my body's going to be so vitalized and it's it's going to be so good. You just got to, like, you got to tell yourself. You got to Jedi mind trick yourself? Yes, you do. And, and all things that are hard, if you tell yourself. Like, I tell my kids when they try new food. If you've already said you don't like it, then you already don't like it. I mean, I get that. I understand where you're coming from. Okay. But it's a raw egg. Yeah, you got this. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Oh my gosh. That was so disgusting. I thought it tasted fine. It's the feel. It tasted like an egg, actually, like like scrambled eggs. I'm telling you that I think, you you think the, broken, the broken egg was the problem. I didn't want the bump. I didn't want the bump. Yeah, the bump was mouth. the bump was hard, but um. The taste is fine. It's the, the taste is fine. Mouth, it was the mouth feel for me. I thought for a second I was going to throw up. I really opened it up. I opened my mouth up yep. and just mm-hmm. let it go right down. Mm-hmm. Like, like I didn't have any mouth feel. I had the bump in the back of my throat, but I didn't have the mouth feel. That I could do easy. I could do that. I, that was so much better than I thought it was going to be. I see. It was worse for me than I thought it was going to be. So maybe don't do what I said. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe the. I don't know how you would do, like those guys were doing like ten. Uh huh. That was that that part really turned my stomach when they were drinking a, a yeah. clear, very clear glass full of many raw eggs. Yeah. I don't know. I Ooh. think it would be even easier if you took them all, because the bump was the hardest part. I think it would be easier if you took a couple and stirred them a little yeah. and then just went back. Yeah, I don't think I could do that again. Really? The, I could. I think I could do yolks. I don't think I could do the white. 
Like if you separated it, yeah. I don't think I'd have any. It's just that it's so, it's so slimy. I, get, I can't do slimy. Now, okay, this is what I wanted to know. Um, I wanted to know what was, okay, I get cooking changes things, right? It changes the, um, it changes the protein configuration. Mm-hmm. Um, so is it healthier to do raw eggs versus just like scrambled eggs? Like <clears throat> it, I guess it would depend on like how many nutrients are lost from cooking. I don't know. I mean, what if there are none? What if we just did that for no reason at all? I don't know. I um, I know that, uh, you know, obviously eating raw vegetables, the nutrient contents are different. Actually, that's not true because some vegetables, are, the nutrients are actually enhanced by cooking. Like, I think mushrooms are one of them. Okay, so I this is Testo Lab Pro Tea Booster. Ooh. I mean, we're going to the, we're going, I mean, New England Journal, sit down. down. I got Testo Lab Pro Tea Booster. They're like basically broscientists.com. This is, (laughs) yes. And they, and I, and I specifically asked about raw eggs versus cooked eggs. And they say this, well, cooked eggs should definitely be a staple in a bodybuilder's diet. Eggs. Specifically, the yolk. So there you go. You could do just your yolks. Contain protein and vitamin D needed for testosterone production. Alongside the healthy fat content in the yolk, it really is a power food when it comes to building muscle. Mm -hmm. Raw eggs, on the other hand, not so much. While it's definitely a quicker way to get more protein alongside a shaker meal, it has been shown that raw eggs contain significantly less protein than cooked eggs. What? Yes. How is that possible? Thank goodness. Um, secondly, athletes these days simply don't want to run the risk of illness when eating raw eggs. Stick to the cooked egg variety for a bigger punch of nutrients and some added food hygiene. Um, you know, that's all right. I will not eat any more raw eggs. I, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of liked it. Wow. Uh, yeah, I don't know what to say about that. I, I wish you all the best in your future of raw egg consumption. I kind of liked it for the reason I was looking for more articles. I kind of liked it for the reason of it made me feel tough. Yeah. Yes. That's it. That's I all. Think, and, and if that's something, uh, yeah. You know, you eat cooked eggs, but you can also eat raw eggs if it makes you feel tough. My husband, who is also a doctor, but also not a doctor that would know anything about this, um, is a um, eye doctor, um, was disgusted by the fact that I was going to eat a raw egg for the purpose of like, it's not cooked. You know, you're running a risk of salmonella and all this mm-hmm. other stuff. He was like absolutely disgusted that I was even going to try this. So yeah, he also hates eggs. So he's an egg hater. He's biased. He is. That's true. I too married an egg hater. I just want to know. I want to really know. See, this is this is the guy they were talking about, Vince Gironda yeah. or whatever his name was, and he's the egg eating, the raw egg eating guy. Yeah, I'm good. I also like my, I just really like eggs. I like a nice fried egg that's slightly underdone. Uh Uh-huh. And 
I just really like it. And considering how gross the raw egg was comparatively. I mean, I agree. I just think it's interesting that all these guys who talk about it, they, they then say, okay, so, okay, this guy has now, okay, I, I went to another website. I found two studies. This is, this is from this man that a, did a direct head-to-head battle comparing raw versus cooked eggs. Evan Pohl, P. et al. in 1999 used some radioactive eggs. Again, to compare absorption, to skip to the conclusion they found the cooked egg had an assimilation rate of 94% versus the 64% for the raw eggs. Score one for the cooked eggs. But if you add one more egg, you're close to the same amount of total protein absorbed. So it's not an earth-shattering difference. Similarly, similarly, Fuchs C. et al. 2022 showed that while there was a 20% higher peak of essential amino acids in blood plasma after Consuming boiled eggs versus raw eggs, there was no difference in post-exercise muscle protein synthesis after ingesting five boiled eggs versus five raw eggs. So, shooter's choice. Yep. So, they're saying that raw eggs are better because than boiled eggs because they're actually the same nutritionally, but raw eggs are just easier because all you have to do is crack them into a glass. This is like a guy argument right here. Right. There's less energy output. Right. The guys are like, but I don't have to cook. I don't have to open And they're it, just as it, good as it. the boiled ones. So I'm just going to crack it, clock it, crack it into a glass and go. Now, if you're looking for a time-saving standpoint, sure. Uh-huh. Go with the raw eggs. Okay. Now, for the salmonella. According to Hope BK et al. 2002, the risk of salmonella in conventional eggs is pretty low. Oh, that's conventional eggs. Yeah. <laughs> and probably because they, like, treat them and bleach them and do all this stuff to them. They're in a very sterile environment. The chicken has lived inside of a box right. with no beak or As opposed to mine, which life. are basically small dinosaurs running around my yeah. yard. The sh- the- they showed that 2.3 million out of the 69 billion eggs produced annually are contaminated <laughs> with salmonella. As a percentage, that's 0.003% of eggs are infected. And they even say, however, this study was conducted on conventional eggs. Oh, so they say you can further reduce your risk by only buying eggs from a local farmer who does not raise sick chickens. There you go. But I don't. I don't think it's a sick chicken thing. I think it's a carrier thing. But, um. Well, maybe that's, they meant that. Or didn't know. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. I I guess it's a, it's a pick. I, so you're going to pick cooked eggs. Always. Forever and ever. I like, I like lightly fried eggs with a little salt. I love that too. I love it. I, it's what I. On the weekends, it's what I love to have with my. But you bacon. can't fry them in cooking oil or vegetable oil. I don't even own cooking <laughs> oil or vegetable oil, and we do have some at home. But my husband bought that because he mm. likes it, and I. I got rid of all of mine when I cleaned out the kitchen for the redo. So the Reno. Good for you. So there you go. He doesn't use it anymore, which is nice. There I, you go. But I haven't said anything about it because I don't want him to remember it's there. Ah, oh, there you go. I like it. All right. So you have a... I do. I have something uh, now that I wish I would have gotten I thought this was a... um, I thought this was an interesting... So I also wanted to say about the documentary, I guess I was a little surprised. I don't know why. 
Um, my egg cup is. It was not political. I thought in any way. I didn't think it was political either. So if you were like on the fence and you're like, oh, Tucker Carlson, that guy is really right wing extremist, and that's. I have a feeling that's why some people didn't want to watch it. They did. Um, those guys do call themselves right wing. Yes. Bro scientists. Bro scientists. Like so they they ultra, call themselves yeah. right wing, but um, but they didn't. They, there was no like actual political philosophy. There was no, no like bashing then, of one political party no, or not another. At all. Like politics, to my knowledge, were not really mentioned. And they also had some snippets from Stephen Colbert making fun. And I feel like if you're just going to make fun of the person who made it and not about the contents, you don't have a link. To well, that's on. what Stephen Colbert always does. So that's I have a feeling that's his shtick. Like, know very much. No, like, he doesn't appear to me to be a very smart person. He's not a very smart person. I've never like whereas John Stewart, who I think has gone completely, absolutely insane. But at the beginning of his career, I thought there was some funniness to it. Um, I've never found Stephen Colbert funny ever. I've I, it's the same. He does the same. He says something that's obvious, um, makes it seem weird, and then makes a weird face. And John Stewart kind of does the same thing. Stephen Colbert, I think, stole it from him. Probably, but it's yeah. like it, that's his only joke. Well, Stephen Colbert is only famous because of John Stewart. <clears throat> so anyway, anyway, yes, I mean they made fun of the fact that th- that. So that these when these guys work out, um, they don't have a lot of clothes on because they're like bodybuilders. Right. I'm like, so the same thing that we've known about bodybuilders for forever since the dawn of time. Yeah, or at least the 1960s. Right. Right. Also, like I thought there was going to be a lot of nakedness because I heard there was a lot of nakedness in this. Um, when the guys are like swimming together in the lake, they all have they all had swimsuits on. on. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't like that. They were jumping in the lake and swimming, and everything was new. blurred out. Like yeah, it was all swimsuits. Right, right, correct. There was one man doing red light therapy on his testicles. But That's true. But he was alone. To, he was alone, like on a mountaintop, and you can't do that with clothes on. I think not. <laughs> you probably can't. Yes, yeah. I am very intrigued by the red light. Yeah. But anyway. We can do some independent studies on that. Yes. We could even do it for podcast sake. Do some research. I know. I, I agree. Right. Definitely if there's a place to go before I, before I, you know, buy the. The in-home one? Yeah. The in-home one. Check it out first. Yeah. All right. So I have some pumpkin spice fontina. I love it. Um, fontina is one of my favorite cheeses. It's awesome. My kids were a little put off. There's an, a, a rub that's on the outside of it. Uh-huh. Um, well, that's probably the pumpkin spice part what i told them they were like oh okay i'm like just eat the brown part yeah so here i love it i'll cube it up it's a cheese i mean and it's been out for long enough where it's probably like nice and soft Mm -hmm. i really like it yeah one of your one of your other things was a pumpkin spice cheese it was like the goat cheese cheese. Mm -hmm. and i thought pumpkin spice and cheese would be awful yes it is not at all no a very nice it's very nutty the cheese is very nutty, and then to have that little bit of spice mm-hmm. with it is beautiful. Yeah, I don't know what you would eat it on, but so it's just for me snacking cheese. I like the my thing with pumpkin spice is I feel like 
when it's fall, I, I love the idea of pumpkin spice, but people always want to put it in sweet stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't like sweet stuff, and it's also not very good for you. So I like these ones that you've done that are savory pumpkin spice because it definitely gives you that fall fl- flavor yeah. profile, but without it being on a cookie or something. Yeah, or like some sort of latte. Yes. Yuckiness. Although I I did have um, pumpkin spice cheesecake or pumpkin swirl cheesecake mm-hmm. the other day, and it was very yummy. And the kids bought some pumpkin spice Eddie's ice cream, which was also, I didn't have it yet because, again, it's been yeah. in my refrigerator for You're the kind of weeks. person who can avoid ice cream. I could literally have an entire freezer full of ice cream and never eat it. But, um, yeah. So, but they said it was yummy. So. I'll take their word for it. I know. Me too. Uh, I'll stick with the Fontina. Yeah. All right, I think we're oh. done for today, huh? So if you um, if you want to watch the documentary, just sign up for a free trial. There you and go. And uh, you can watch it and decide you know, if you want to keep it or not. If not it's really it. funny. I have like there have been things on Fox Nation that I was that I almost pulled the trigger on and said I really kind of want to watch this, <laughs> but I just never did. And this one, I was, like, all in. I was, like, oh, I'm definitely going to – I definitely have to see this. Yeah. So At least look up the trailer. The trailer was very compelling for me. It was. It was very interesting. Okay. Well, have a great week, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.